0: we're not like, it might be like a millisecond or two off we'll see, we'll it out. Yeah, I mean, well, do we have the t- technology to correct that? We might need some AI to help. We might need some AI to help us do this. Episode 24 of the Unwise Index starts now. My name is Akshay, joined as always by Monik. How's it going, man?
1: Not too bad. 24, that means just a handful of more episodes and we'll have more episodes than years
0: we've lived on this earth. How crazy is that? That is true. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. That's, you know, that's, that's some next-level thinking, and I, I appreciate that you bring that to the table. You know, I'm, I'm always thinking
1: next level, man. You, you got to. If we're going to have to beat these AI supreme lords that are coming for us, we got to start thinking next level now, right?
0: Yeah, I've been reading a lot about artificial intelligence, and so have you. Um, and well, are these thoughts, though, coming by way, before we get into that, of anything that you're drinking in particular? Uh, well, right now, I'm drinking some cold brew. Uh,
1: Grady's cold brew. I've tried, all, I've tried all the brands, all of them. All of them? I think there's multiple brands launching launching per day, though, right? Like that's, pretty, that's probably true. That's probably true. Exaggeration, alternative facts. Uh, we're going to talk about more of that with Kanye a little bit later. But the the best yes. cold brew I've had was from Einstein Bagels. You hear that place, Einstein Bros. Really? Do we had Einstein Bagels in college? That has the best cold brew, really. Now, well, the new one. There's a Einstein Bagel Bros in the Philadelphia Amtrak station, and they got cold brew, but they add mint vanilla to it, a little bit of mint, a little bit of vanilla. And it's better than all those nitro cold brews, because previously I was a fan of the nitro cold brew, because that stuff was divine. And I don't know what they're putting in the nitro uh, cold brew that made it so silky smooth, but... I think it's just foamy, dude. It's just the foaminess. Are they... What are they putting in there? Just nitrogen? Can you even do that?
0: I think it's just nitrogen, (laughs) man. I mean, it's not a... You know, we know that planes can fly on hydrogen, which we'll talk about, but maybe... It's just nitrogen.
1: <laughs> That's It's it's crazy, man. The marketing got me for the nitro cold brew for a bit, but then this vanilla mint game, whew, but I can't do that here. So I'm at the office drinking this uh, Grady's cold brew, very concentrated. What's your what's your cold brew concentrated ratio mix? Like how much cold brew concentrate do you put for every portion of water?
0: So I usually buy it. Um, do you mean like when, I, when you buy the concentrate? Right, right. Oh, I don't usually buy that stuff. I've accidentally drank the concentrate on it, you know, just straight up. Yeah. That was a trip. Yeah. Um, that was very concentrated. I was like, what, 50? It was just 100% coffee extract or whatever it that is. That stuff gets you hyped, um, I So I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually don't know what my preferred is. I just, I, th- I think I tend to prefer it on the stronger side. Like, what range is it typically going? Because I typically buy it already coming out of a container of some sort. It
1: goes all over the place. I see people in the office doing like three-fourths water, one-fourth concentrate. I see people doing 50-50. I'm like three-fourths Whoa. the other way. I'm like three-parts concentrated, cold brew, one part water. So you're 75% real. That's, <laughs> that's like, right. right. I think it's mainly because my my body has become desensitized to caffeine over the years because so I drink so much of it that I just need more to get my fix. Yep. Right? Uh, that's probably a problem.
0: All those days and years of studying in college where we would go to the library and not actually study and just drink a bunch of caffeine. We drink a lot of
1: rock star, dude.
0: Party like a rock star. <laughs> they absolutely didn't study like a rock star, that's for sure. Um, only very highly Caffeinated stuff does the trick nowadays. Yeah. Tolerance is too high.
1: Yeah. Have you ever gotten the shakes from caffeine? A little caffeine shakes, caffeine headaches.
0: I get the headaches. I don't think I've ever gotten the shakes, but it's like it's just where you can feel like. I think I just feel like probably abnormally tired or unfocused without caffeine, and you can definitely tell it's um right. it's probably the result of caffeine. But I haven't had like I'd say the most severe symptoms that some people have.
1: Yeah. No, I get it pretty pretty often on the weekends when, because on on the work day I'm drinking. You just not shakes. I get a lot of headaches. In, in college, I got shakes, dude. When I had like multiple rock stars in really? the night, I, I, my hands were shaking writing this thing. I'm like, oh man, I got to <laughs> stop, dude.
0: I, I just see you like, like sitting at your computer shaking while partying like a rock star is playing <laughs> at your computer. You're just like, can't do anything. <laughs> that's why I didn't do well in school, man. I got the caffeine shakes. 75% concentrate sounds like a lot though. Are you sure that's safe, man? Just, you know, looking
1: out for you. I don't know. I haven't Googled it. I, I should probably Google this and figure it out, but it, honestly, it tastes a lot better. Cause like otherwise it's just water, like why are you even drinking it? <laughs> like I'm here for the cold brew. <laughs> that is true. That's
0: fair. <laughs> I want to live. I want to feel alive. Damn it. Yeah. We got to be free, like Kanye. Well, that answers the question for me and for the audience as to why you're on these next level thoughts. You're drinking like you know <laughs> straight lightning, basically. Oh man. So we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about AI at some point today, uh, but breaking news, which is not quite breaking news, but we've had the chance to digest it, so it's, like, slightly less than breaking news, whereas I feel like all the reactions have been breaking news. And it's, of course, about uh, the most central entertainment visionary figure of our time, Mr. Mr. Kanye West. Um, and we just couldn't let an episode go by where uh, so much Kanye had happened the past week, uh, touching basically every part of the media sphere, so... Um, You you just watched the video. Yeah, we had to address it. I mean, AI AI can wait.
1: Because a lot of people don't even know if AI is ever going to happen, if a super intelligent AI is going to happen. So we can table that. We might get to it this episode. We might get to it in another episode. You know,
0: the AI, when it when it happens, it's going to remember you said that. <laughs> it's going to come for me. It's like, I got you, botic. <laughs> but it'll be upping our view counts by doing that. So
1: I'm okay with it. That's true. That's true. So how about you set the stage? Because you know far more about Kanye history than I do.
0: Yeah, I've always been on Team Kanye, and I think I might still be. Maybe we'll get to the, the crux of that this episode, Yeah, uh, I think, versus the periods of time when I think you've been a bit more skeptical of him and his antics. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just just not going to the full history of Kanye West, I assume people know who he is. Um, he was sort of off the grid at the beginning of this year, um, kind of had been through 2017 as well, um, to, a, to a large extent, bef- uh, before putting – and, the, you know, he'd put out an album – I believe in early 2016, that's when he put out Life of Pablo. Um, And, you know, had sort of been erratically, you know, kind of doing the, like the rants were starting to happen in 2016 and early 2017 on stages at concerts and people were getting like more concerned about like, you know, sort of where he was going, like where his head was at. Um, And he ended up taking basically a leave of absence and getting admitted to a, I think a psychiatric unit in a hospital um, in late 2017, early 2018. Um, and he said diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, and so he was kind of out of the public eye as he kind of went through, I think, initial treatment and sort of just, you know, whatever the, the mix of things that was going on in his life, not just the diagnosis. Uh, he was like in a, in a, in a strange and seemingly unhealthy spot. Right. Right. Um, and he kind of burst back onto the stage uh, and he tends to do this, right? When he goes dark, he goes like super dark, right? He's like, he's off Twitter. He's off Facebook. He's off Instagram. Um, And like, you know, like seeing pictures of him ends up being like a big paparazzi event because he's just kind of, you know, is is out of the public eye completely. It's kind of like the Unwise Index when we took a hiatus for two years and came back full force. You know, I don't blame him for copying our tactics. I mean, it worked. It's working just about as well in terms of media coverage, uh, both of us. So, you know, it's equitable. Uh, But you're right. You're right. (laughs) Broke 100 plays. Totally. Right. You know, I mean, how many did he get for this Trump video, like 96 or something? Uh, So anyway, he, he comes back on the scene this year. Um, and he's said he's like out of treatment. He's feeling good. He has this kind of like very magnanimous, like kind of like pr- almost like holy man kind of like thing that he's pushing. Not say he's pushing it, but he's sort of embodying it. And he's like, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I went and I got treatment and now I'm like sort of on this love dynamic and we're all one people. Like he's kind of, you know, his new album this year is going to be called Yandi after Gandhi. So he's like kind of yeah. feeling these things. And then it starts to take an interesting turn, right? So Suddenly, the love turns, again, because Kanye is kind of a person of specific focus in different phases, uh, to Trump and to the MAGA hat, right? Yep. And he had expressed, you know, before he was admitted to the, to the hospital and it had to sort of the series of episodes, uh, that he would have probably voted for Trump. Um, and this was kind of like sort of a—this, this of course, caused media waves, and I think everybody probably saw when he wore the MAGA hat earlier in the summer— Um, And it was all tied in with his music releases as well. So people were like, okay, is this some sort of publicity stunt? Like he's releasing five different albums that he's producing or appearing on. Um, And he's also, you know, going back into full Kanye mode with the rants and with sort of other things happening in public appearances. You know, lots of interviews on TV. Um, And people were kind of, I think, middling as to sort of where he was. There wasn't like full outrage against him. Even though the hat did, I think, initially spur some of that. Um, it seemed like people were still willing to hear him out over the summer, where there was a lot of debate about sort of was he trolling, was he not? But also,
1: it also helped that a lot of he also put out some good music at that time. You can forgive anyone if they put out yeah, some good exactly.
0: Tunes. All mixed together, right? All one big gumbo soup, as you might say. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that that happened, and I think what's happened in prior month, in the, sorry, in recent months since then has been sort of an uptick in the I'd say the abstractness, the strangeness of sort of what he's. What he's speaking about, kind of, you know, it's like meta-meta stuff. Yeah. You could argue it's next-level stuff, uh, combined with kind of a doubling down in the face of the criticism about the the Make America Great Again hat. Now he's wearing that hat yeah. a lot, uh, and he was in the Oval Office wearing the hat and uh, sharing a lot of interesting ideas with Commander in Chief. The simulation is real, my man. It's real. That was that was my immediate thought watching that video. It's like there's no way. That uh, this is—we're not all getting trolled by some sort of superior beings watching this simulation. So, what were, so you just watched—you watched the video most recently, though, and you had seen the coverage. So yeah. Yeah. What were your initial takeaway? You actually took notes as well. I took some notes, and like,
1: it's funny because like the past few months, I've been on back on the Kanye train, mainly due to the music. Right. I really love Kid See Ghosts as an album, uh, and I'm still, you know, bumping that album pretty frequently on my commute to work, and so this caught me very off guard because. There was a famous picture of him in, I believe, Trump Tower, uh, shaking Trump's hands or sitting, uh, standing alongside him wearing the hat. Um, so I knew that—I don't know how deep this relationship was and was just, you know, a politically expedient move for Trump and a marketing move for Kanye. And I didn't know how to actually understand what was going on at the time. So I passed it up as, this is kind of a media event uh, and it's kind of, we have a clown in office and you need a circus for that clown to perform. Uh, and this that was part of the circus. Um, and you know, after this conversation, I still feel that. But at the same time, it's funny looking at Trump's reaction throughout the conversation because there are multiple moments where he's head nodding, he's agreeing. Um, he's affirming what Kanye is saying. And Kanye covers a lot of a lot of topics in this conversation. And maybe what we should do is talk about them chronologically and walk through what we think of each kind of individual statement or, thought that might be incoherent slash partly coherent. But I came out of it saying, you know what, if this is the way Trump listens, uh, then maybe Kanye has more power in this environment uh, than than I had originally envisioned. Because I I think it's sad that he does have that power because I think we can unequivocally say that almost every topic he brings up here, he is by no means an expert by no means a central authority, but in our day and age, I think he
0: knows a lot about hydrogen planes, <laughs> man.
1: <laughs> but in our day and age, that does not matter. We're in the age of the aesthetic, and one of the most powerful things I wanted to talk about actually, what he, he kind of talked about this dichotomy between ownership and brand and aesthetic, and I thought that was actually a pretty interesting idea. We can get to that when we get to it. But you know, fundamentally, I feel yes, you can say he acted he acted out a line potentially or two. He was off his rocker without the conversation. But fundamentally, he was talking and people were listening, just starting that conversation on some relevant topics that he brought up here, whether it be uh, police brutality, where it, it's a stop and frisk, whether it's mental health, where whether it's how we think about industry, whether we think of how we think about male energy, all this stuff he brought up in this conversation. Trump was listening. Now, the caveat is, I don't know if Trump's going to do anything with it, right? I don't know if he's actually going to act upon anything that was said, but at least he was listening yeah. more than I've seen him listen to other people in the past, because he was confronted by another, you know, ego driven narcissist, you know, spewing stuff and it got his attention. And that's powerful in my mind. I don't think anyone else can effectively do that in the conversations with Trump. Basically shut Trump up for ten minutes, right? Trump
0: didn't interrupt him once. How is that possible? I think he was it was so information dense, my dude. Yeah. How could you even interrupt? Where would you interrupt by the time you would make a point he's already uh he's already crossed the chasm to a completely different realm of conversation (laughs)
1: no right but so i'm still formulating my thoughts honestly around do i where do i shake out on it but how about we start like walking through the conversation
0: let's do it yeah where do you where does it start So it
1: starts out you know trump's you know hand gladding a bit and he's like yo thanks for coming blah 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 really excited to see you um and you know, Jim Brown's in the room, Kanye's in the room, and they initially start at a really odd place. They start talking about this guy named Larry Hoover uh, and and his sentencing and who this individual was and why he was imprisoned. And Trump's, like, peppering them with questions like, oh, how old was he? How long is how long is the sentence? Why did it happen? Where is yeah, he Yeah, even,
0: like, the setup there wasn't clear, right? Like, Jim Brown, sports star, Kanye is Kanye. Like, just because they're both African-American, like, they're there together, like— the, I think the Larry Hoover connection was the Chicago
1: connection, right? Because this whole meeting was under the guise of talking about Chicago and crime in Chicago, right?
0: Right. Okay, yeah, that, that makes more sense.
1: Yeah, and so so Larry Hoover was kind of a tentpole figure. Connie later in the conversation calls him, you know, a living statue in Chicago and was jailed for a variety of things. But, you know, Larry Hoover's claim to fame in the early days was he operated many, many gangs, uh, sold a lot of drugs in Chicago— uh, called out a hit on someone, and this has all been proven in, in, a, uh, in a courtroom, and was in jail and was kind of controlling these gangs from jail as well, and then now is being put into the supermax prison that Jim Brown brought up. But it starts here because Kanye makes this really weird, seemingly non sequitur, where he's like, all right, well, now people are talking about the multiverse theory, and it's important for me to get Larry Hoover out, kind of asking Trump to pardon this dude, because he feels he's like Larry Hoover, that he's doing good right. things in Chicago. He perceives Larry Hoover as doing good things in Chicago. And QED, got to get him out. Right, got to get him out because I'm kind of like Larry Hoover. I, and I found
0: that parallel structure illogical.
1: <laughs> right. It didn't make any sense.
0: What do you think well, of that
1: <laughs> to start?
0: I thought, I first thing I thought when I, I was watching the Trump, re- again, there are multiple versions of this video out there. Find the one, if you haven't watched it, or even if you have watched the other versions, that has Trump's reactions in, in the shot at all times. Because, uh, like, one thing I was thinking about at the moment that happened is, is this the first time that Trump has heard of the multiverse theory in right. alternate universes? <laughs> um, yeah. Probably not, but it's like he seemed genuinely intrigued by the idea. I'm not sure he followed, like, the hypothetical. He's like, does Kanye believe that he's Larry Hoover from another dimension? Yeah.
1: He's like, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> or is this... I, I thought that was an interesting grab, like, this this will kind of be a common theme, but I thought it was an interesting empathetic frame where he's like, you know, this would have been me if not in another, you know, if, if not for the grace of God, as it were. Um, but it's like, I couldn't tell if that was like a well-researched and distilled understanding, being from Chicago, understanding this person's role in the community, right. or it was like just shorthand that somebody had fed him. Yeah. And like you said, there's like a lot more to this guy and, you know, it's not just a matter of you both doing good things for Chicago. Like, I couldn't tell what Kanye's awareness was of the full extent of Larry Hoover's—basically his background, yeah. right?
1: And, yeah, and I, I dug a little bit, did a little bit more digging because it's like a common trope, right? Criminal that controls a community through violence right. and the drug trade then reconfigures themselves to be actually a, a, a supportive member for the community. Um, so it's hard to discredit all of his past— violence and, and the terrible things he did in the community, just to say that now he's, you know, a, a community finger that's a figure that's doing somewhat good when maybe that community suffered a lot because of what he did in the past. So I thought that was a very odd thing to bring up and I don't understand why he had such a strong allegiance to the guy to begin with. But that was the first part, right? Larry Hoover.
0: Yeah. That was that was the pre that was the preamble.
1: Yeah, that was a preamble. And then we got to and then he basically jumps almost immediately his view on Welfare and its interaction with policy pushed by the by liberals, uh, and he calls out liberals multiple times. I think the only thing I could parse from this was he's, he was basically saying, you know, yes, we know jobs are limited. And he draws the connection that welfare reinforces that you can have more money if you have more kids in your home. So that was one point. Now, not entirely false, right? Right. It's it, 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 how these benefit programs are structured, federal and state benefit programs, let's say food stamps or SNAP, uh, supplemental nutrition uh, program, you do get more money if you have more kids in your household. Uh, But that's because the idea behind SNAP is to introduce some level of food security, which will be based on household status. And the amount of money you're getting additional based on the number of children in your home is, is, is not so much as he presents it to be. So I thought that was a very weird connection to make around... Welfare, And
0: again, just points to what is he trying to push here? I think it was kind of like the it's like I think it ties into some of the earlier comments that he got in trouble for around, like, you know, the slave mentality or like, you know, whether or not slavery was a quote unquote choice right. um, in his mind. Like it's sort of like this personal empowerment kind of thing. I think he was trying to make a statement about like uh, like, there, you know, there have been sort of attempts or there are systemic reasons why people have this victimhood or are trapped sure. in this cycle um it's I feel like he was trying to set, he was trying to set the stage a bit for for talking about that a little bit. And that I
1: can buy because he 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 follows up with a statement like bravery helps you beat this game called life, which I liked. Right, this this common theme of like true the, the individual true. self focusing on yourself will help you beat this game, and uh, you know everything else be damned. Then he also makes a statement that yeah. hey we got rid of mental institutes, and and with that the prison rate shot up, so a complete non sequitur. And then he goes back to Chicago in Chirac and and says and has been meeting with Rahm's right-hand man, and the murder rates are going down. So it was like a, a mix of, here's my view on welfare, here's my view on mental health, which he brings up more often. And I think one of the salient points is here is positive ideas he presents here as his focus on mental health and what we should be doing there. So I thought that was good. But then he gets to the hat. And this was probably one of my one of my favorite parts off this, yeah, this is an amazing conversation, moment.
0: dude. You remember this? This might have been one of the marquee moments of the presidency so
1: far. Yeah, it's like, so basically he says, he, he says the statement, right? Bravery helps you beat this game all life. And he's like, I'm brave because I put on this hat, right? And he's like, people try to scare me away from wearing this hat. People tell me not to wear this hat. And he's like, this hat gives me power. I feel like a Superman in this hat. And he like basically tells Trump, Trump, you make me feel like a hero.
0: Yeah. I
1: get it. And it's funny because yeah. I look at some of my own clothing materials and it's like everyone has their piece that one piece of clothing that makes them feel really good. Yep. That's why people say, hey, dress for success, right? That's where it comes from. I'm wearing one of
0: those shirts right now.
1: Yeah, dude. And it's like I got my my you know, my green jacket. People who know me know the green jacket. I wear that. Yes, I do feel the Green jacket. <laughs> right. So I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah. But he makes this weird connection to male energy from it, right? Um and he brings up, hey, my dad and mom separated. Don't have a lot of male energy in the home, and then he immediately jumps to the "I'm with her" slogan for Hillary, and says that didn't allow me to feel like a man or a guy. Um, and wearing this hat makes me feel that way, and I didn't.
0: I didn't follow that. Um, well, let me take a, like yeah. a just a brief backtrack, right? It's like so he's trying to set the stage for. I think he, he sort of like he has a lot of points he wants to get out yeah. in front of Trump boys in the Oval Oval Office. Yeah. I think he is aware to a degree of like the absurdity that is interpreted by people who are traditionally his friends or in Hollywood or in the media that, of the fact that he's even there, right. right? So there's like there's some part of like the frenetic thought process of what he's trying to express and all these like partial ideas he has and you know the thesis he has or like fragments of different theses and there's also I think like the the, the sort of justification element to it. It's like why would you ever be with Trump? And so it starts with him being and then like sort of his also his activism, right? It's like well, what are you doing for Chicago and yeah. I think uh, one one element here to keep in mind is I think when he was in Chicago, he went to a couple different radio shows, um, and he was actually grilled pretty hard by uh, his hometown DJs, um, who were like, "Hey, like you wore that hat, like what's going on, man? Are you like yeah. still the Kanye we remember?" And like he seemed pretty affected by it, yeah. um, and he seems like pretty adamant about trying to synthesize all of these disparate strands about himself and his past. Um, and so, what like I saw like in the out you know with the Jim Brown intro, with like the mental health thing you talked about, with like the touch on like the endemic issues in Chicago was like trying to reconcile. I think this like personal hero's journey, which you know you yeah. might think is psychologically afflicted in some way that he's on, yeah. with like I think a more recent strand of like I'm trying to get back in touch with my roots in Chicago, uh, and also like I I do like Trump, and I like I like sort of him on this like primordial level, and like why is that? And like all of that mixed together right um and so i think like he's like okay so i talk like chicago can be it's getting better in some ways like there's still some like institutional or at least internalized problems that the people have there and like look at me like i feel like superman like why do i feel like superman like actually this guy helped me feel like superman um and like i think then he kind of goes off on this tangent as to why you know the natural thing is like so you don't like hillary you don't like traditional democratic views you don't like where most of the black uh, voting blocks are at. Yeah. Um, and I think like, I, you almost, it's almost like I'm trying to fill in the gaps as to where his mind is probably going, but that, that is left absent in his vocalized expressions, right? Because um, you can kind of tell, right? A little bit, I think. Yeah, no, I, my, I, my take on it
1: is, is this discussion of uh, male energy that he draws from Trump's quote-unquote bravery of combating all dragon energy dude right the dragon energy i think it comes from like a deep-rooted insecurity kanye has and that he's he's found to overcome by seeing someone else like trump vilified and someone overcoming it which gives him bravery to then tackle things and he's like how do you transfer that type of feeling to other folks
0: well, it might be the overcoming, but it might also just be like, Trump was like me, man. We were all like hanging out with Trump, like all rapists, rapists, rappers. rappers <laughs> uh, I'm using other people's terminology now. Uh, that was actually what some of the YouTube comments uh, were mistakenly calling Kanye. So he's my favorite rapper now, um, my favorite <laughs> rapist. And it's like, I think he sees him as a guy who was like, like everybody used to love Trump, right? He used to appear in music videos, at the VMAs. Um, he was a popular dude before he kind of went on this conservative angle he's on. Um, and I think Ka- like part of what Kanye sees is not just, like, the adversity being overcome. But he's like, here's a guy like me who can hit, hit who, can, who can hit a three-pointer the first time, right? Who can basically step up to the plate, become president first time. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I think that was, like, mind-blowing to him that a celebrity, a fellow celebrity, somebody who was, like, less of a celebrity than he was right, could get to where he did. Right. Well, we'll get into
1: the potential Kanye apparently running in 2024. <laughs> That'll be...
0: Uh, that'll be interesting. Respectfully choosing to wait until 2024. Like, but anyway, sorry. You, you were saying, so like he goes on this like he, he makes the the hat comparison. He says, he, by the way, he says Superman is his favorite superhero.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because uh, wears the hat feels like Superman. And then and going back to this um, this view on power and jobs. So he talks about industry a lot, right? And his his whole mantra it seems like why he likes Trump so much is like the
0: focus has always been on jobs, jobs, jobs. He's a builder too, right? He said like, he made some. He likes Apple. He likes like companies where it's like you're building things. Right. Like there's like sort of like he said the aesthetic of of the of the of his like particular brand of of industry and entrepreneurship he likes a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. And he basically talks about this deal he was doing with Adidas. Um, of you know, Adidas was a 14 billion dollar company losing a bunch of money, and then you know the Yeezy effect came, and it's you know, 38 billion um, market cap today. And he basically said. You know, the, the energy I got from your bravery allowed me to make that decision. Oh, and guess what? I had to make that decision to help folks in Chicago get jobs. And I think that this is generally my issue with Kanye. So he kind of reframes that decision as, oh, actually, the motive for me doing this and pursuing this was actually in the back of my mind. I had this moral good uh, to do, which is bring jobs to Chicago. And that's what was compelling me and that was my intention. But I I, I, right. I, think that's a, I, think that's bullshit. I don't think he was operating as a quote unquote titan of industry to help bring jobs back to Chicago. I think he's reformulating that to benefit his own self-image and to kind of basically address his insecurity issues and the attacks he gets from the areas of life that he would previously call family to say, Where, what have you done, Kanye? He's like, oh, I actually am doing it for you, don't you know? I'm doing all this for you, right? I just don't buy it.
0: Yeah, I I, I can see that. Um, like a lot of like sort of like retroactive justification kind of stuff yeah. kind of comes out there. Um, like one of the things like just take, like even at a more fundamental level I wonder about is like, he's like, I'm a billionaire now. And he said this a few times. He's like, yeah. Adidas turned around thanks to the Yeezy effect. It's yeah. like, Not that I think he's being disingenuous necessarily, but I I do wonder about the validity of those claims. Right, right. Um, right. Like, how well is, you know, Adidas is a big company. Like, yes, there's probably a Yeezy effect. It's probably not like the Jordan effect for Nike. Like, even so, it's like, you just don't get a clear sense of, like, what was the effect? And then, like, let alone where you can attribute it to, right? Right. And, like, did it come, you know? And, like, I think there's... That, that is an interesting point you made, though, where it circles back then to, like, you gave me the bravery to do the thing that will... That, that is the cycle of bringing jobs back that we have to do more of right. to ultimately help black people and help, you know, the people that I'm advocating for. And so, like, is the answer that everybody just has to get infused with dragon energy to be able to do the things <laughs> you need to do? Apparently, dude. Well, We haven't tried
1: it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just feels... He's he's, he's uh, speaking um, with both sides of his mouth at times, and, and that's what frustrates me a bit. It's like, what does this guy? What what is the real foundation he stands upon? And then he right. jumps into transitioning folks for mental health, talks about job, and this is where the, the conversation becomes deteriorates pretty rapidly into a lot of things. So he quickly jumps into the Thirteenth Amendment, right, where he. Uh, he, I couldn't actually follow this. I'm curious what you thought of this, where he basically said, a yeah. few weeks ago, he said, he we got to abolish the 13th Amendment. And then in this conversation, he said, why would you keep the 13th Amendment if you know it's a trap door? And we don't need sentences. We need pardons. And I think what he's trying to say, going back to his views on prison, was, hey, the 13th Amendment was written in a way where uh, you, it's, it's
0: not—prisons you know, are basically slavery. Right. I think that's what he's trying to... Yeah, the way that it's written is like, I guess, like, and this is like, so what's interesting is like, even people who kind of jumped on him after this whole thing, like a lot of his f- fellow people in the rap community, like T.I. and others, like actually made a carve out and said, like, I agree with what he said about the 13th Amendment. If you listen to him, um, like, and what it means is like, so it actually says like, it, it basically abolishes slavery and involuntary servitude, except in the case of imprisonment. Yeah, exactly. So like, the idea is like, it sets up a... Like sort of a hazard there, sort of like to have like like a, like basically a perverse incentive to to, to imprison black people right. and people who would have been like otherwise totally like sort of like um, like been free of the bond of uh, bonds of slavery and involuntary yeah. servitude. So it's like, you, it, as it's written right now, it's actually it's not a clean break with slavery. It's just sort of this like half measure that actually uh, has implicitly, if not explicitly, promoted this, like, mass incarceration yeah. culture.
1: But the, the odd thing here is—and why I think it's an odd kind of lateral move is, like, it, it's—mass incarceration uh, can be tied to a lot of other things, Cr- multiple sure. crime bills, major crime bill in 1994. Um, and, you know, where's the focus there? Um, if if the prison industrial con- uh, complex is, is is and remains a major issue— it just feels like this hyper-focus on the 13th
0: Amendment seems... Um you could argue it's like the aesthetic versus the substance, sure. right? And like whether or not there's actually a connection between the two in Kanye's mind and if he's aware of what he's doing. Because like it's a great soundbite, right? And to the point earlier about him having the same, you know, kind of... Fin- like you sort of like narcissistic, you could argue, finesse that Trump has. Like, you know, Trump's like, build the wall. It's like, well, what? And it's like, there's more to it, but... Yeah. I'm going to say build the wall. Right. It's like there's more to reforming, like, what's wrong with currently the incarceration procedures in this country. But I'm just going to say abolish the 13th Amendment yeah. and see what people do. Yeah, exactly. And, it's and like, that'll it's, get me on the front page. It, and
1: Kanye said in one of his songs, it gets the people going, dude. It gets the people Yeah, going.
0: it does. And it does. It
1: did. Um, but the cool thing here is, like, Trump, you know, suddenly he head nods here. But then he has, like, a really strong look of confusion. He's like, what? <laughs> uh,
0: what's going on?
1: Uh, first Which time, one is the
0: 13th yeah, again? Wait a
1: minute. Um then he talks about uh, – then he gets like a little humble brag. He's like, yeah, I took the IQ test, 98
0: percentile, Tesla, Freud. That was a little odd. So so just to back up. So he was – he went in for a psychiatric evaluation. You do, do do IQ tests happen during those? Like,
1: I actually – I don't believe so. I mean, I don't know. I mean it, he could have asked for it or he could have taken it. Just throw brain. it in. Yeah, just throw just it Just toss in. it in while I'm here. Um, but yeah, he puts himself in the pantheon of Tesla and Freud – you know, one thing is if he was going into this conversation with a clear motive, which would be if there was a motive to attach to this, is I need to get some thoughts aired in a national setting to the president who can has the power and authority to change something. I'm going to throw out everything, right? I'm going to throw out Larry Hoover pardoning. I'm going to throw out stop and frisk. We'll get to. I'm going to throw out the, the views in Chicago. I'm going to throw out mental health transition. Right. But then why does he feel the need? To state, I'm smart. Look at me.
0: I'm real smart, dude. Well, Trump does the same thing, man. He's like, I'm really smart, dude. I'm really smart. I use big words. So maybe Trump hears that from other people, and he's like, Oh, true. Maybe that guy is really smart. Yeah, exactly. He's, oh, wow. Like he's telling me. <laughs> he knows big words. <laughs> like, like I'm really smart, and I tell people that, and he's telling me. So you know, QED. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So he says, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's always funny to see the um, the the references that Kanye makes when he's talking about who he compares himself to, or his idols, like. Long-standing obsession of his has been Steve Jobs, yeah, um, and Walt Disney, and uh, Howard Hughes. Yep, and you know, like the Howard Hughes one has a more complex potential uh, relevance here. And then, like, yeah, so recently he's like also uh, now it's switched to Freud. Like, I'm interested to see Freud in the mix now. I'm wondering if Kanye has been reading some Freud. And then
1: another great moment happens: the fucking iPlane one, dude. The iPlane one.
0: <laughs> Wait, before that though, the password. Zero, 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 zero. Is that what it was? Oh, I didn't even catch that. You should see that. That was the gift. It was like, he's like, hold up. And like the camera's right behind him. And he like opens up his phone. His password is just six zeros. (laughs) It's hilarious.
1: (laughs) But this actually, I liked his statement here around, like going back to like, we live in the world of the aesthetic. And he's like, the aesthetic has substance and it has power. And we need to build the most amazing things. And in fact, we need to, here's the iPlane 1, President Trump, you need to be in this because
0: if you don't look good, we don't look good, right? Right. It wasn't clear if it was an environmental crux to it or just like, it's like, this is pretty swagged out. You should, this looks cool. You should do it. Like, was there an environmental point there? I don't know if there was. No, I don't know. I don't think there was, no. And Trump affirms that He's like, yeah,
1: let's get rid of this Air Force One. I want riding that I-plane, dude. <laughs> Give me that I-plane. <laughs> and like you, tell,
0: you, nods, like, I don't know, someone, like, one of his staff
1: members is like, no, no, please don't. But I actually think this is one of his salient points, which is, you know, our, our, our export right now is entertainment. He uses this phrase, our best export is entertainment and ideas, and... We're In in verbatim, he says, we are cheating on our country when things are made in China. And that uh, is kind of an interesting reframing of bringing industry back home. It's it's framing it in the sense of our best work is entertainment and ideas and design and aesthetic. And that's the future of how we should be living. And therefore, we should bring this stuff back. I actually kind of like that idea.
0: I mean, it's true. But like all the design and aesthetic does happen here. Then all the building happens overseas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love Apple, but Apple puts on its things, designed in California. Then it's much smaller letters, built in China. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. And then it's he like, ends. I mean,
1: and then he ends with you know this other statement on the prison system. He says, hey, you know, if we don't do this, this causes people to resort to the cheapest factory ever, which is the prisons, um, and kind of uh, enunciates that point. But that's really the end of his monologue. And then we have some other ideas coming in the Q and A. But what I want to actually ass- assess is. The, the gestalt of that monologue, what is powerful there and what was he trying to convey? What do you think?
0: I think what you actually mentioned earlier is like, I never thought about this and I don't, I still don't think Kanye is like, you know, like like with Trump, I don't think there's like a master plan behind either of their like kind of, you know, stream of consciousness, rant type, you know, kind of displays these guys have. But like, I, did, I, you know, I do actually wonder if he thinks like, Trump is kind of like me, like I just have to toss all these ideas out there. And like you said, like mental health, like Larry Hoover, like, you know, like like design, aesthetic, like building factories, like yeah. that's the key to like, you know, re- rejuvenation of the, of the inner cities. Like, yeah. it's like, I'm just going to like rapid fire go through it. And I bet this will work. And if I just tried to educate myself more on a specific issue, sure, it might land. But like, like an interesting contrast is his wife, Kim Kardashian, who had like a very specific aim, right? Like, I want to get a pardon for this one lady. Yeah. And I think like barring that, like, unless you have a very specific intent, like, Maybe Kanye is like, this is the best way to get my agenda across. Yeah. And like, I actually, if it wasn't Trump, I like wouldn't think this at all. But it's like, it might, it might be the case that he actually made a calculation. Yeah. Just put it out in the ether and the media jumps on it. And, you know, there we go. Right. Like, <laughs> No, and he's like, and he's like, if I'm not like bombastic and exciting in front of this guy, he's going to tune out. Right. He's like, he's like me. He's just not going to listen to me. Right. Right. If I hit this dude up with facts, it ain't going to work. <laughs> Pictures. Superman references. No, so that was
1: that was the monologue. And then the questions, actually, you get even more interesting stuff. Yeah. So the first question was, um, you know, Kanye, years ago you said, Bush doesn't care about black people. You know, people have said that about Trump. What what do you think about that, right? And he kind of again talks about this, this. This has now become kind of a Kanye meme of, uh, I care about all people. When I said that, I was in a victimized mentality, you know, You know ethnic minorities need to get out of this victimized mentality and we need to be more focused on industry and There's some truth to that. Uh, I also think it's denying the realities of everyday existence of many many people here in this country Um, Yeah, but the most powerful thing I thought he said which is a unique way of looking at it is You know, we need to be more focused on industry and he uses a statement brand more than land We care more about brand than land because we've never had land we've never had ownership uh, over our lives, our bodies, our blocks. And I'm, I'm adding more to that. He kind of, he just focused on land specifically, but that concept of, if you don't have ownership, what do you think about? What does your mind focus on? It focuses on more the aesthetic. Um, and that was a really cool statement I thought he made. Like if there's anything I took away from this conversation, it was, huh, that is a pretty unique idea
0: Kanye brought to the table. I don't know what to do with it. For sure. And I think like, what he might be working through, like, publicly is, like, a reconciliation of his, like, very long-standing focus on design and aesthetic and culture. W- and, like, sort of, like, what not, you know, to, to say superficial is to be too basic about it. But you know what I'm, like, he, yeah. has, he has been a designer and been a crafter of aesthetic for a long time. And I think he actually is going to Chicago. He's actually going and doing, like, a lot of, I think, like, listening tour type things in, like, L.A. and other parts of the country as well. I think he's seeing, like, it's not sufficient. Like, these people, like you said, these people need jobs, need opportunities. And I don't think he has, like, a very crisp thesis about how to reconcile his traditional love of aesthetic and design with, like, what will actually empower communities. But, like, the land and, like, the jobs and the factories and, like, these sort of, like, very, like, iron, like, sort of, like, industrial motifs. Yeah. I think are the beginning of him starting to realize, like, maybe what I've been focused on for a decade, couple decades, isn't enough for what I now care about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, And that might be an interesting take of him, like, Reconnecting
1: with what drives him and trying to find a way to use his stardom to, to do that. And then he jumps into police brutality. And I thought his statements on this were, I, 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 again, I probably sound like a broken record at this point. Like I couldn't exactly parse this out, but what he basically was saying yeah. was, hey, we got to love all people. We got to release the love for the entire community. Yes, we got to talk about police brutality. But it's, he, he was basically making the statement, it's not so simple. Um, fine. Uh, but again, he's not going to win any uh, any folks on the left by with, with a lot of the language he used there.
0: A point that's interesting generally is the re- uh, maybe we can talk about this afterwards. Is the reception he's gotten from the right? Um, and uh, so, finish your point, then I'll go into that. I think because it kind of wraps into the whole thing. Yeah,
1: because because then he he kind of then takes this this discussion around police brutality, uh, which honestly we could have a, own, a separate cast about because I talk at length about generally our, our views there but he segues this into you know the usage of racism as a form of control by the liberal elite by the liberal media and he makes a statement you think racism control control me nothing can control me um and it's he, he says it's an inv- invisible wall to me yeah this i thought was uh, a good reflection of why kanye is sometimes out to lunch um when it comes to some of these topics, because for, for him to think that these forces have no impact on how people live their lives, I think is foolish. But then the caveat is he might do that, but he might think that, but maybe he's come to terms with the fact that belaboring that point is not a way to be the hero in your own journey. Um, right. And it kind of reinforces this victimhood mentality. But I don't know if he's connecting the dots in such a sophisticated way, uh, but it, that's, his, that's his fundamental critique off the left, it seems like now, is, hey, the hyper-focus on identity, the hyper-focus on racism uh, should not be done. And secondarily, myself, I'm going to reframe this and say, I'm not going to be impacted by it. I'm just going to live my life and do what I need, to right. and
0: you can never control me. I feel like he is trying to be like an avatar of that, even like if you said he doesn't totally buy every inch of it. Yeah. Um, he's like the sort of like the anti-victim mentality to a degree. Yeah, but it was hard to tell. Like I thought, like he's like he's like it, I think he didn't say it doesn't exist, right? He's just like it can't control me, like invisible wall. You could argue he's questioning, like you know, of course, like, but he's like he's like you know it's, it it exists in most people's mind. Like this ties back to what he said about slavery earlier in the summer uh, and stuff like that, where it's like he doesn't deny. You know these these things and these consequences and these yeah. historical and structural injustice still exist have existed but he's like, do you let it control you? Yeah, um, is kind of the the mindset I guess he's trying to promulgate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard, again like you said it's hard to tell.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because when I when I heard that statement, um, it's an invisible wall. I actually my mind went to fucking existentialism, dude. <laughs> like. Uh, like, you know, I've like been, always been a huge fan of Camus in, in like years yeah. past. And Camus used to make very similar statements where, you know, we are you know destined to oblivion, yet we have to make the most out of it, right? We, we know there are things in our control, things out of our control, but we must live our life like an act of rebellion. And I, I got that sense here where he's like, these things might exist, but you can't live your life to be held down by it. You need to kind of live uh, in a way where you push yourself to break through these invisible walls, which I think is a, a useful mantra to have. But sometimes it's, it's, you know, telling that to someone who's feeling the effects of systemic injustice in their life um, to just toughen up, right, and break through this wall is, you know,
0: unfair. It, it, it risks belittling someone's suffering, right? Right. right. And it, and it risks um, making an excuse for not doing what you can do to structurally remove barriers. Right. I mean, that's the basic. But hey, man, Jesus, um, it's gonna be Yandi. Yeah. Would you be excited for a Yamu?
1: Yeah, dude, I would be so high for that, dude. Oh my God. But then, dude, the, my fa actually my favorite part of this entire section when he's like—he goes back to the reporter, asks that question. He's like. I'm not going to give you a soundbite. You're tasting a fine wine here. There are multiple notes. <laughs> this is a complex dot. Dude, wondering. I love
0: yeah. There were a couple times when Trump had great reactions to things. Yeah. Uh, that was one of them. He was just like, fine wine, man. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was amazing. And then we get to the meat of the conversation,
1: which was someone finally bringing up the point of this conversation, which was, hey, Kanye, you were here to talk about Chicago and what we're going to do. And he's like, yeah, I've been meeting with folks, and the big thing that needs to change is stop and Frisk, and we need some tax breaks for factories. We need Trump factories and Yeezy ideation centers. <laughs> oh God, Synergy. God, Synergy. <laughs> Fucking Yeezy ideation centers. I would go to one of those. Yeah. Uh, Check it out, <laughs> and then he uses the Easy Ideation Center to talk about. It. And then it goes like off the rails, dude. You talk about ADD, <laughs> how people, kids need music and meditation, and the phone is better than school. That's why people say that people have ADD because school is boring. Then he brings up Larry Hoover again. Then he gets the gun violence, and yeah, dude. And then he finally uses the statement around stop and frisk, and he tells Trump, "Hey, I didn't mean to put you on blast." And Trump interjects, He's like, "Oh, you can. I'm open minded. I'm here." Um, and so someone follows up with Trump and says, "You know, can Connie speak at one of your? Uh, can speak for you? Can can Johnny speak for you?" And Trump's like, "He can speak for me anytime. Great guy, smart cookie." <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what. And so this is where people think the chess move happened, yeah. right? The the four D chess move. Yeah, where Trump was like, he's like, he inserts the stop and frisk, he he gets that that acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, I'm 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 open minded. I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah. Like it took all of that crazy dragon energy to get to that point. Yeah. Which is— Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he—you
1: know, Kanye talks about, you know, infinite universes, loving beings, we are a unit, one moment in history and time, and are here together. Like, he kind of talks about this weird spiritual bent he's on. But if, if Trump—the interesting thing, moment here is, you know, Kanye saying, hey, I didn't mean to put you on blast, even though he was kind of putting him on blast around stop and frisk, and Trump saying, you can speak for me anytime you want— it, that's 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 a risky move Trump just played right there. <laughs> you know who knows what Gandhi's going to say the next time he's out in the public.
0: Yeah, no, I think that was, I don't know, I couldn't tell again. I'm not sure how much he really meant that, but he was just like, yeah, this guy's my friend today. So as long as he still loves me, uh, you know, you can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, and I think like, was what else was there? He calls himself a, a crazy mother effer in front right. of Trump. He's like, yo, I don't think Trump expected you know, someone like me to show up yeah. and Trump laughs at that. And I was like, this is why wa-, like, I was, I was watching a reaction video and these two guys like who are watching this, um, I think they're actually, you know, two, two African-American, uh, folks in Chicago. And it was, it was quite a, quite a ride to watch their reaction to this.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but at, at that at one point one of the guys like, this is in the Oval Office. <laughs> like yeah. he just said that in the Oval Office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was like one of the moments where like the simulation was breaking when he was just like, what is he saying yeah. to who yeah. sitting where? Yeah. Um, but that was pretty amazing. I know. Um,
1: great energy, as Trump said. Great energy. Feels good.
0: Uh, what happens when you have two forces of dragon energy, twin dragon energy in one room? I mean, Jim Brown couldn't even say a word the entire <laughs> know, time. Dude, why was Jim even there on oh, now? I, I wish I could know what was going on in Jim Brown's head. I could <laughs> tell me he was just amused, horrified, uh, supportive. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell.
1: Yeah, and then I mean, like the the meeting ended with a nice big old hug. Kanye says, "I love this guy right here," gives him
0: a hug. So what I thought as well was was there was a point there where he, Trump's like, "You don't have to do." You know, he's like, I think he's like no. Trump said he loved. You know, he said he you know he had love for me, and Trump's like, "You didn't have like he's like." It was like kinda of like a like a kind of a sincere moment there where Trump was like, Yeah, oh, you don't have to say that. Like I know like as if it would be hard on your you and your fan like your fans and you to for people to publicly know that I, I said that I that I had love for you. Yeah. And then Connie's like, Well I got love for you, man. I love this guy and he like stood up and gave him a hug and Trump's like it was almost like they were trying to keep their bromance a secret a little bit. Yeah. And Connie's like I'm coming out. As if out, it was dude. a secret. <laughs> I'm coming out. As if it was a secret by that point. Yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, that I thought was a odd, odd fucking moment. I guess. like, I think what it showed is like, I think it showed the genuine affinity that Kanye has for the guy. And I think it is like reptile brain, energy, dragon energy. It's like, I don't actually think he agrees to all of Trump's views, but he just likes, again, like the, the, the gestalt of the dude. I think that there's something that I kind of get about that, even if I don't agree that it's the right, you shouldn't go and, you know, you know, maybe express this level of, you know, sort of so adulation for somebody who who you have that you know that that kind of resonance with, even if you don't agree with their like actual views. But I kind of get it. it's kind of weird. the only way I can
1: get it i I, I think uh, I think he's confused. I think there's like there's only two paths here. It's like Stockholm syndrome or like he actually is attributing his bravery to Trump's quote unquote hero journey, or he's doing the really meta thing, right? And it's like there's only like there's only two ways, I think, to do the change that you know Kanye wants to see in the communities he quote unquote cares about, right? Either you do it by uh, identifying with everyone's common humanity, or everyone being kind of the common enemy. And I think generally my and we talked about this in the past my view my issue with the left right now, even though I'm progressive, is they're treating everyone as a common enemy. And that puts people on the defensive and does not actually move towards change. So all this kind of love energy says that if you're going to isolate me, I'm going to draw an even bigger circle to involve you as well. And that's a yeah. strategy that wins. You can't wins.
0: escape this love, man. Yeah, you can't, you can't escape it.
1: And this is like old shit, right? You know, hate doesn't dispel hate. Only love dispels hate. Like we, we know this. We, we know that that's the way to do this. Even if you go to like you know famous – Civil rights movements, let's take MLK, for example. You know, MLK's language was always all brothers and sisters, even white brothers and sisters. Right. And the language was, you know, white brothers and sisters, we are all uh we are all one, but guess what? There's some brothers and sisters in this unit that are being treated unfairly. And that's a strategy that wins. And if Kanye is playing yeah. that point of I love Trump. I'm going to open this circle up, and that's going to compel this person
0: to change over time. Maybe I can buy
1: it. But I don't think this, that guy, I don't think Kanye is...
0: here's what's interesting, kind of along that point, and this is what I was going to say earlier, is like, reading the YouTube comments around all these Kanye videos has been super fascinating. Uh, Because, like, all the Breitbart videos, all the videos on, like, Ben Shapiro's page, all the videos on, like, Scott Adams, and, like, very, you know what you would expect to see. Like, if you had said it was a Kanye West video, and it would be the kinds of viewers of these videos, what would they, what would they be saying about Kanye on Twitter, on YouTube? Mm. It'd be eviscerating him, be talking, calling him, you know, all sorts of ugly things. Maybe some borderline racist things. Sure, you know, he's an idiot. He's a he's a vampire from the left. Yeah. It's been nothing. And, th- and I, again, I've had this fascination for like the past forty eight hours looking at these things. It's been nothing but love from the right. It's like a bunch of people. Mm. Like, with very right-wing profiles that you would expect to see on YouTube uh, from, like, places in the South as well who are like, man, I didn't know about Kanye West before. Maybe I still don't like his music, but I respect the man. Right, right. And it's like, I have deep respect for Kanye now. And, like, there's some YouTube comment chains where one guy's like, you should check out College Graduation. He's always been talking about, like, wholesome things (laughs) and, like – or College Dropout, rather. And it's like – it's like – he. I think, like, he might have won over 50% of the country, Yeah, which is kind of stunning. I just wish – the thing
1: is – I saw those comments, too. It's like, uh, I just wish that um, there was a better figure, a more consistent, authentic, respected, high-dignity individual who would do that exercise of, I'm going to work to you know, reduce inequality and injustice by defining our common humanity versus us uh, going against a common enemy. Because, like... It's Kanye. And it, it, I know when I say it's, it's Kanye, it's a cop-out, but it's, you know, putting him in the same pantheon of, you know, the civil rights, you know, going into Yandi, right? Yandi. Yandi. Comparing Kanye to Gandhi. It's like, what have we gotten ourselves into, dude?
0: Like it's He's ridiculous. trying to tell you that you shouldn't think that you have limitations, man. You should be able to compare yourself to anybody. Eh, I want someone better. I guess that's where I stand. But, but what do you mean by better, right? Like what do you, what when you say better, like could that person do this? Could that person get the attention, get in front of the president? Like, I agree. Like you know, you you want like you 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 want like a like you said like a modern civil rights avatar to be able to do this stuff. But I don't know if that person would be able to be could would be tractable in today's world. Yeah. Right. I mean that's that's the thing. Like I think it's like we're in the
1: world of here's the stage, we got to get. The entertainers, the actors, to celebrities to move it, and I just—I uh, guess the pragmatic response is you got to play that game. I just wish it wasn't the game yeah. we were playing, right? Because I think that game can be random, inaccurate, um, not sustainable,
0: and potentially disastrous. I get—that that, I guess that's my fear. It's like I get it that if—I think it's a very legitimate fear, right? Yeah. Like I, I, let's be very clear, right? As entertaining as this is, as much as I think Kanye's heart might be in the right place, if not scattershot, um, neither him nor the president seem to know a lot about the issues. Like, And that's being very generous. Yeah. Um, and that's an odd place to be, Yeah. which is why uh, you should like and subscribe to the Undoized Index so you can get, get... Hey, if we showed up there, I don't think our tactics would be that different. We'd probably have like a scattershot. If we tried to get into one of our like more more detailed explanations of things, he'd just tune out, man. We'd have to yeah. adopt Kanye's tactics. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to live into the dragon energy and bring that in, crack some jokes. You'd have to dial up to 75%, concentrate to 100% yeah. before you go in there, dude. <laughs> I mean, he actually talked about, he actually posted this tw-
1: Twitter video you shared with me where he used this mantra, yeah. I'll do what I feel, we will do what we feel, I will say what I feel. And that's what it is, man. That was pre- I thought
0: that was like pretty resonant. It's yeah. feels
1: over reason. This is the age of feels. And like in the age of feels, we got to give what the people want, what's going to get them going, right?
0: (laughs) I'm just, uh, I'm out here trying to do good things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like when he talks about mind control, it's like, I kind of flip that. It's funny how we're like trying to apply reason to something that's, this whole conversation (laughs) has been applying reason to the illogical, right? It's like... Well, potentially fragmented logic. Yeah. No, it's more like we're trying to apply reason to the absurd, right? It's like we're trying to make sense. I don't know out of nonsense, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> but like he basically is his, 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 his old his reasoning is social media is mind control. Um, he does this real weird equivocation of um, you know <laughs> women's right to their body to his ability to speak his mind. It's like who's stopping you from speaking your mind, Kanye? First off, but in my mind, the real way to free your mind is to not be controlled by the aesthetic right? That I view as the form of mind control is like we've been indoctrinated in a way where we're, now I'm, now I'm fucking going on a Kanye monologue, but we've been in this mode where this the aesthetic matters more than, than content. And to truly free your mind, you have to get back to the real over the feels. Back to the real over the feels. I don't
0: know if I agree with that, but that's a good bar right there. So um, bars. all I can say is I'm, gonna look, I'm looking forward to the album um, and I'm hoping there's a some sort of plan on there for how to fix the world. I'm assuming there will be. So I can't say I support everything Kanye does, but I still remember I still remember the maximal potential. I think Kanye is a genius when it comes to music and artistry uh, that he has. And I just I I hope this doesn't end I think it'd be as much as some people want to see this, I hope this does not end with him and you know, sort of exploding or imploding or something. Right. I hope he finds solid land. I hope he does find a way to, to, to kind of like tighten his focus around things he can actually take forward and help people. Uh, cause I think there, you know, there, there's definitely an element of, you do genuinely wonder if he's in a good mental place or not. Uh, and you know, I think it'd be a bad thing for the world if I think, and then for a culture, if, if somebody who, for all the craziness we just might've seen, uh, who had I think some good intentions was just to be you know, to fizzle out.
1: Yeah, and I mean with ninety-eight percentile IQ dude.
0: You know, geniuses tend to go mad, as he said before. <laughs> it's too true. <laughs> Name one genius that ain't crazy. Alright, well, we were gonna talk about AI, but I think we probably ran out of the time because you know Kanye is here and now. Yeah. AI is maybe rapidly coming and might kill us all, but not today. No one knows the timeline. <laughs> Oh wait, I just got a push notification. It's happening right now.
2: Next verse, this next verse, though. just bars. bustle on the feet of just a bustle on the feet of Whoopity scoop, scoop whoop, whoop de scoop de poop, whoop scoop de scoop de whoop, whoop de scoop, whoop poop, to the whoop scoop.